Welcome to the realm of magic and mystery, classic horror and sci-fi. You are now entering the House of the Unusual podcast with your hosts, Eddie and Joe. Welcome, everyone. I am your host, Joe Pavlansky, pop culture historian, writer for Scary Monsters magazine and curator of the Crypt of Classics. Co-hosting, as always, is the maestro of Mail Order Mysteries and owner of HouseOfTheUnusual.com, the intrepid Eddie Guevara. Today's special guest is Teresa Maza. Teresa, how are you today? I'm great, Joe. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome. And uh, for everyone out there that, that doesn't know you, get tell everyone a little bit about yourself, what you're about, you know, maybe some stuff that you like to collect, stuff, you know, TV shows or movies you enjoy watching. Just give a little rundown about you. Talk yourself up. Yeah, sure. Um, So I just want to say, yeah, thanks for having me. This is my very first podcast ever, so I'm really excited about that. Um, Eddie's a good friend of mine, asked me to come on the show. um, And, you know, I live in North Jersey. um, And TV TV shows have always been something that, yeah, I think mentally I've collected. I grew up, I didn't grow up watching, I mean, I didn't grow up watching a lot of cartoons or playing a lot of video games or any of those type of things, but TV was my specialty, so I'm really excited to chat about our top 10 this, uh, this evening. Awesome, awesome. So we are going to get into the top 10 uh, TV shows before that. Eddie, what's new on um, on House of the Unusual? Any new products out there? Anything you know new and exciting that you have up for sale? Well, the last thing I could say is um, I hope people keep catching up with the last two products that are only going to be available, and it's a limited run which is a seven-foot Frankenstein from the comic books, the green version, and then the Haunted House uh, barometer. Uh, after that, they're sold out. They're sold out. Other than that, we're working on a couple of new products, and we should be launching Ghost Ship Times early January. Uh, awesome. So Sounds good. So that's good. everybody out there, get your uh, get your move on to get those products before they're, they're gone forever because once they hit the secondary market, they'll be worth millions. So. <laughs> get them now yeah. all right let's let's get into our our top 10 tv shows of all times now as we discussed when we did our top 10 movie list i i know as for myself my my top 10 today will will probably be something different tomorrow and the next day depending on you know how i'm feeling but usually when i was doing the uh the list i i think my top three are, are pretty solid and, and um aren't going to really move from there, but my, my other seven and my honorable mentions, they're going to, they'll probably move around depending on how I feel, you know, that day. So uh, we'll get it started. We'll go around the, uh, around the room here. We'll start with Eddie and then Teresa, and then I'll finish up and we'll, we'll start with our, our number 10 right now. So Eddie, what's your number 10 top TV show? Okay. The first, you know, now remember we're starting with number 10 here. This is a show that even if I don't like it, I still am forced to watch it because the wife has it on 24-7. It's called Life PD. Now it's called Life Rescue. Um, (laughs) I really don't like the show, but that's my 10 because I'm forced to watch it. (laughs) So I don't have much to say about the show other than that. It reminds me of the uh, 1970s emergency if you remember emergency, they had the fire engines coming and every week they had a different or every day and it was called emergency. And, you know, that's what it reminds me of. But that's number 10. So it's a doctor show? No, uh, emergency was uh, 
a fire department. It was a fire department. They were always like rescue. Same thing as uh, what they have now called life rescue, but it was done as a as a drama. I, in fact, I think that recently they have a new show called. Um, Oh my gosh, I, I forget the name of it, but it deals with like emergency things like a fire department or Chicago. Is it Chicago Fire? I think it's called. I don't know. I'm, yeah. What, what's live rescue? Is that with just police or do they live do police? Res- no, fire and... no, live rescue is a combination of police and fire department. Okay. So it's basically people, and it's kind of the same thing as Life PD, but they just changed the name, I think. Okay. Cool. Teresa, what is your. You're number 10 to start off the list. My number 10 is The Office. Oh, I love so oh, you can my imagine God. what comes after this, but I love The Office. It's in my top 10, and I had to put it somewhere. So I, I, love, I love The Office. I've probably watched it all the way through probably six times, six, seven times. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like absolutely fantastic. I think it's honestly better than the British version. Did you watch the British version? Um, you know what? I tried... I think I made it to like the second episode and I went back to the American version and watched it again. Yeah, I mean, Michael Scott, there's only one Michael Scott, right? Even though Ricky Gervais, who is a phenomenal comedian um, and actor, by the way, and actually another one of his uh, shows is in my top 10. It's, it's probably one of his newer ones. I don't know if you can, if you guys know what it is or not, but we can, we can get there later. Um, I mean, he's just a comedic genius, but I mean, Steve Carell as Michael Scott, there's, there's just no comparison. Absolutely. I, I have that on, on my list too. And we'll, we'll talk more about that. We get down, but my number 10 is uh, it was tough to, to figure out a number 10, but I, I had to go with the, uh, the monsters, the, uh, the original run of the, the monsters. That's just, to me, that is just one of the classic, you know, kind of, I guess, horror sitcoms, if you will, you know, it ran from 64 to 66 and it, you know, it Herman Munster is just you know an icon in the the horror community. Yeah, so that it, it just you know there was I don't know if you guys I'm I'm sure you guys have seen the monsters or at least heard of them and people out there if they haven't seen them they've heard of them. But you know you you always had you had some comedy in there you had some you know family values so there was some you know learning in there as well. So it was just to me it's just an all round you know great show. So that would be my number ten. Well, it's very fitting for this time of year. Absolutely, cool. and I, I've been catching up on on some of them now this this last month. So, all right, number number nine, Eddie. What do you got for okay. number nine? Uh, first, when you said the monsters, um, I'll mention in my list it, but um, <laughs> I've got three sets of the entire series. I love that show. You and, really? I was just gonna ask, how is the monsters different than the Adams family? Uh, oh, you you know what? Here's the difference. The Adams Family came in around the same exact time as the Monsters, and I think it was NBC or ABC, whichever one first aired it, and they did it to compete with the Monsters and the popularity of the Monsters. Um, if you look at both shows today, they're equally funny, but the Adams Family could be a little bit on the boring side. Uh, but really? It, you think so? I mean, if you watch the Monsters... Like I did the entire series, one after another. Like I, I took a week or two to watch it. And you watch the Adams Family. It's hilarious, but you kind of like, okay, it's more funny to see the monsters, you know? Um, you know, the Adams Family is more of like a... Um, a cult classic. Kind of like 
Yeah, well, it's like it's like some more it's more slapstick humor and it's different. You know, you you don't really have any of the you know values or anything. It's just a, a straight comedy show. Whereas the monsters, they're more of like a um, you could almost kind of picture them as like a real life family, but you know we're different. Whereas the Adams family, they're just you know totally on the wild side. So, <laughs> and yeah, they both came out. They both you know, came out in 1964 and ran to 66. Uh, Adam's family came out in September or April, I believe it was. Um, or no, I'm um, September. Uh, what did they run? Yeah. September. They came out September 18th. So a few days before the monsters premiered uh, September 24th. I'll tell you one thing, man. It's really hard to do this top 10, top 10 list because there's so many great shows and, you know, and you find yourself, like, which one do you like more than the other, you know? Well, that's why I, I said, you know, tomorrow it'll be different. <laughs> I'll give my, yeah. my second one. Number nine, I would say, would be Star Trek. I mean, I like the show. Growing up, I was more into Lost in Space. And, you know, I'm going to put Lost in Space in the same uh, scenario. And Lost in Space was, I think, more generated towards kids and Star Trek more adults-like. But the moment I got married, I spent the entire first year of marriage watching Star Trek on a daily basis. And I really got into the show. Um, but then again, when you watch Lost in Space, if you run, the first season was okay. The second season was phenomenal. The third and, and fourth season is like, okay, you know. But um, it's it's that would be my number two, Star Trek. Okay, I mean, number great. nine. Awesome. That's, that's definitely a good one and also made, made my list. Teresa, what do you got for number mm-hmm. nine? Um, so yeah, number nine for me was Breaking Bad. You know what? I have never seen that. Oh my God. You have not? I I might be the only one in this world that's never seen that. I haven't either, but it's, oh, thank you. (laughs) Oh, it is. It's, it's unbelievable. It's so good. I don't even want to, I don't want to say anything about it. I don't want to spoil it for you guys. No, I remember, what was it on a, um, I can't remember which show it was on, but somebody said that they were going... It was on another comedy show. I can't remember if it was a cartoon or if it was regular, but they were going to watch Breaking Bad in reverse so that it's a, um, what is it, a, a reformed drug dealer who becomes a, a teacher oh, or something yeah. like that. <laughs> right, a reformed drug dealer who probably who becomes a, um, I think he was a, he was a school teacher. He was yeah. a, oh, he's a chem- it was like a chemistry teacher. Yeah, who who overcomes cancer and then becomes a school teacher, something yes. like that. Yeah. Oh, you so you know the premise already for the most part. But... Yeah, I I know the premise. I just I never for some reason I never got around to watching. It. And didn't they do a spinoff or something like that? Uh, Better yeah, Call Saul. Better Call Saul. I didn't actually get into the spinoff though. I don't okay. know. I see. Um, that this could be obviously a whole conversation. Are the spinoffs ever as good as or you know, the original? Right. And that's a tough call. Some people like them. Some people, you know, I think it's just a matter of wanting to hang on to a show when it's over. Yeah. Um, well, I, because, I, you know, when a show ends, it's really hard to get over that. It's like a death. I, I think we've, we've done that many times with The Office. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. So my number nine, I have Eddie's favorite, The Addams Family. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that was, it was, I, I grew up, you know, with, in the nineties with the, the, you know, I, I seen the, the movies before I actually seen the TV show. And actually before the TV show, I got more into like the, um, like the comics and the comic strips. And then 
the TV show, and I absolutely love the TV show. I'm, I'm going back uh, now. Actually, this week I started, you know, rewatching it because it's been oh probably a good 15 years or so, maybe 10 years since I've actually watched it. But I, I just I love the everything about the Adams family. You know, I I really enjoy. I haven't seen the new. I, I think they did a new movie or something like that. A, a computer generated movie, maybe. A cartoon. They did a cartoon. I think. Or a cartoon. Yeah, I, I haven't seen that. I don't know if I really want to because I'm more stuck on, you know, the, the originals. So that is definitely my my number nine. And like I said, my number nine and ten could honestly really change up, you know, I guess as the uh, the months well, go by and the days go by, you know, just depending on my mood there. But, you know, those are kind of two ones that i i really right now this month i guess because it's halloween that i really enjoy you know you know it's funny that you said that uh when david harvest knew that they were doing this movie he got in contact with the originators of the adams family and the family line that actually owns the rights to that stuff and he purchased the rights for the uncle fester light bulb <laughs> he sells them like crazy on amazon and he purchased the rights not for now forever like until oh really yeah he owns the rights for that so he's the only one that can have the Uncle Fester light bulb, even though it was made in the 1970s, I mean, 60s. And today, the original probably goes for like three, four hundred bucks. I, I have an original, but um, he makes a new remake of it. And it they had the cartoon version of Uncle Fester on it. Oh, um, nice. OK, my number eight. We're going off number eight. Number eight. It's something that I'm sure all three of us have watched at one time or another. Friends. Now, oh, God. Friends is it's a funny show. I, I like Friends. I enjoy it. I watch it whenever I can. Um, I don't own it. I mean, I, I never bought the DVDs or anything on it. But Friends is a funny show. I mean, I like the one. My favorite was with the one with Ross when he shines his teeth and they were too white and they <laughs> you were glowing in the dark. That's mm-hmm. one of my favorite. Was episodes. that the same time he got that spray tan? Yeah, yeah. That was it. Was hilarious. That one really yeah. made me laugh. You know. You know what I I. I, I am not a fan of Friends. I, I really the only time I, I I watched it was with some friends or with my wife. But there's one episode that always stuck out with me was when Ross kept catching people having sex in the anthropology department of the library. Oh yeah, because nobody yeah. ever went to the anthropology. <laughs> <board>. <laughs> and then he what did he didn't he try to he set up like a sting operation or something for them or yeah was yeah that, that was funny you're right because nobody ever went there that's the only one that i i really remember of it but teresa friends. what's your number eight what do you got oh i was gonna say friends has made such a resurgence by the way with like millennials slash gen z has it really yeah they love friends like i have 17 year old cousins and they'll talk about friends and I'm like, Oh my gosh, this show was on. And I was a lot younger when it was on. Um, you know, it was, I think it was the nineties. Right. So yeah, I wasn't yeah, at I the age was... where I could have been living in New York and experiencing that yet. But, um, it's just so interesting how it's it, how some of these shows have sort of become so memorable to a completely new generation. Yeah. Awesome. My, yeah. My, do- my daughter, Diana actually went to the, um, place where you took some pictures in the couch oh the pop-up yeah yeah the pop-up at the central perk yeah that's been you know and it's all for instagram guys that's what everyone's doing right yeah exactly that's what's drawing it in um 
So, oh, so my number eight, actually, and this kind of goes hand in hand with friends because it's around that time frame, Sex in the City. And as a woman, I cannot let that not be in my top 10. That show was ahead of its time. I swear, if you watch any of them now, they are, I mean, it's still the same issues, no offense, that we, we go through with men. So I, I figured relevant. that would be Eddie's number one. What? That's Eddie's number one? No, no. That's what I would figure. Oh. No, I never actually watched it. Though. I got to be honest, I never watched that show. I never have either. I mean, my, my wife watches it constantly, but I can't, no, I just. I can't bring myself to. <laughs> oh, it's a classic. And they've just celebrated, I think, 25 years or something like that this year or so. Well, that show was on for quite a while, wasn't it? Yeah. It had a bunch. I had, had like 10 seasons on HBO. And that's like, you know, when HBO was sort of new and like it was kind of like the, the network that like allowed cursing and obviously like nudity and stuff. So um, at least from my perspective. So it, um, it was like ahead of its time in a way. Be- believe it or not. Awesome. HBO home box office, it was called. In 1968, when I was a little kid, I, I used to have HBO. They're not new. They've been around a long time. Really? They, yeah, then it was replaced by Showtime. And then they had some type of uh, contraction, which was kind of funny. You had a, a, a box that was the size of a shoe box that would go on top of your television. And for $20 a month in the 70s, you could get a, a thing called Wameka Home T- Theater, WHT. And they had a little antenna on it, no bigger than maybe a pencil case. And you were able to get this, which makes me today wonder, why do they have such huge, uh, when you want disc, if you want this, you have to have those huge satellite antennas. When back then in the 70s, they had a small little antenna and you could get it. Um, no, HBO has been yeah I'm, looking, yeah, I'm looking at it now. It says they launched November 8th, 1972. I, I didn't think they were oh, around yeah, they, that long. When I was a kid. See, in New York City, 1960s and 70s, you had cable. You can't watch a, a television in New York with a regular antenna because of all the buildings. So I had cable in 1968. It was called Teleprompter Cable TV. It was in Northern because I used to live in Washington Heights. And I grew up in Washington Heights. And then Southern, um, like when you went past um, Harlem, it was called Manhattan Cable TV. So they always were around. I mean, a long time. Okay. So anyway, go ahead. Sorry, Teresa, go ahead. Oh, no, I'm done. That was my uh, okay. number eight. My number eight is a, it's actually a cartoon and it is something that kind of really shaped my my childhood and I was, I was thinking of putting it, you know, higher on my list, you know, maybe around number five or so. Sex but... in the Neighborhood? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's actually, it is, it's G.I. Joe, a real American hero. The original cartoon that ran from 83 to 86 when i was you know growing up in the 80s i was a huge and i still am a huge gi joe fan and it you know as a lot of young boys in the 80s that grew up watching gi joe and playing with the toys and running around you know outside you know playing army and all that it it kind of shaped me to you know when i graduate high school, you know, to join the military. So it played a huge part in, you know, who I became, you know, after school. Cause you know, all through school too, you know, that's all I wanted to do was join the military and it stretches back to, you know, growing up watching GI Joe playing with the toys. And that was, you know, consumed basically my whole childhood. So that is my today, my number eight. Uh, one thing that's interesting when you say GI Joe, I actually came across two great finds a couple of years ago. 
One is the John Glenn space capsule, the GI Joe version of it. And if I tell you this, you're going to cry. I got it for $3. It goes for several hundred. Oh, man. And I also purchased the, this I wanted as a kid and my mom wouldn't buy it for me. It was $4.95 in the 70s. But it's the <laughs> intruder, the enemy of G.I. Joe. Oh, yeah, I remember that one, yeah. Yeah, that that um, it's a strong guy. It's kind of funny, though, because I know a person that actually looks like the cartoon, the, you know, like the thing. <laughs> and I told him, I said, you know, please don't get mad, but I got to show you this character. And he goes, oh, my God, because he has a beard the same way. But it was a little strong guy that you push a button in the back, and his head would turn to the right, and the two arms were like, I guess come together, like. But he was really a strong guy. But he looked. He was kind of dressed like in a caveman outfit. Uh, but anyway, I, anyway, going forward, um, my number eight. I mean seven, seven. My number seven, seven, seven. is kind of like France. Same time, everybody loves Raymond. Oh uh, yeah, that's a good one. I love every. You know what I like? Everybody loves Raymond because the guy who played his father, I first saw him. In Young Frankenstein, which is a hell of a funny movie. Oh, and, absolutely! Um, I kind of—I just thought that the father was—he's super cool. I think between him and the brother, they make the show. Rob and him—they're hilarious. Yeah. And my favorite—I go now. I go, no, go kind of back and forth on that—that that show, but yeah, I do like it though. I, you know, which is my favorite—the one the day that Robert—I uh, forgot what it was—that they were saying something, and it was supposed—he he was an accident at birth or something. Do you remember which one I'm talking about? That, that no. uh, the mom uh -uh. says we had accidents and then they look at Robert and he wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious. I mean, it's a good show. It is. Yeah. Okay, Teresa. All right, Teresa, it's on you. Okay. Um. So my next one is, so sorry if this is very Netflix heavy for you guys. Um. Ozark. Does anyone watch that one? Ozark? I never heard oh, of that. Oh, another drug. Well, this is more money laundering. It's okay. It's fabulous. Um, I'm trying to think. The main actor, I mean, he was a huge 80s actor. Um, he was on that show in the 80s. Why can't I think of his name? And he's been in so many. He was in um uh, why am I like blanking on him? Not wedding crashers. Is he wedding crashers? No. Um oh what's his I name again? Google this. In Ozark, the, the main character in Ozark. You've seen him in many Jason Bateman. Oh, Jason Bateman, yeah. Thank you. It was slipping um, from my brain. But Jason Bateman plays um, this dad who goes from like a very suburban lifestyle. It's very similar to Breaking Bad in a way. And becomes this like boss money laundering, working with the cartel, uh, moves his family, you know, out to like this middle of nowhere place um, in the Ozarks. It's an actual place. And you see them start to transform into this like, family and the things they do to stay together and to keep their lives together and basically their lives intact because they have like a gun to their head in every episode. Um, but it's fabulous and it's so well written and it's just one of those shows that just continues to shock you with every now I got some, season. I got some new shows to, to binge. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, my number seven is, and, and I was debating putting this higher too because I absolutely love it. Is the Office the American version? Mm -hmm. I have, like I said, I've probably seen this six or seven times through. And um, about a week ago, I, I started watching some of the um, the Halloween and Christmas episodes because those are just absolutely hilarious. 
And I'm like, you know what? I think I'm going to have to start this over again and start from season one. And But I only kind of go until Michael Scott leaves. And then after that, I just, the show kind of loses me a little bit. I don't know if that's the same for you. Yeah, same. Without, again, well, he like makes he, the show for me. I mean, again, all the characters got to agree, yeah. but. He really just, he really ties everybody together on that show. He makes it. And once they, I mean, the the last few seasons are funny, you know, in their own way, but they're nothing compared to when Michael Scott's there. I mean, he is, he's, he is, for me, he is the show, you know, when he leaves, it was really traumatic. And I, and I'll admit that I did tear up and, you know, choke up a few times every time I see him, him leave and, you know, that airport scene, you know, it is kind of, you know, touchy there, but. We'll, we'll move on. Well, from that. <laughs> I, I can tell you this much. I've never, I mean, I can't say I've never watched The Office. I've tried. Um, don't really find it that great of a show. I do respect it because James Spader was on it. And, but my son, oh my gosh. He watched it one day, almost 10 hours in the house. He's driving me nuts with it. You know what I, I have to admit when I first watched it when it, it first came out I I think I made it about six episodes and I didn't like it and I revisited it for some reason a few years later right around season four and I I I just fell in love with it then and then I started watching it from the beginning and you know the rest is history so all right Eddie let's go number six what do you got I got one show that I gotta tell you I'm sure you guys are gonna say and agree with me. Two and a half men. Well, no. <laughs> no. Wait a second. Nobody. No. Max, Teresa, what do you? <laughs> two and a half men. That's Charlie nice... Sheen. Well, yeah, Charlie Sheen made that show. Actually, I I will sit. You know what, Teresa? I would sit and watch Sex in the City wow, before I that's watch saying two... something. I think. Really? Yeah. Yes, I will sit and watch Sex in the City before Two and a Half Men. Oh my god! The two and a half men. What yep. I mean, the little kid, the guy who, the kid, and the, I thought it was a hilarious show. I, I, I'm surprised. First time I hear any negative uh, input on it. I've tried so many times, and I just, I can't. Don't I, get I me wrong. Can't. The new one that came out once Charlie Sheen left, the show sucked. It was horrible. But while Charlie Sheen was there, the funny thing about it was that the guy who played his brother, I mean, he was. I guess Teresa's pretty quiet. <laughs> Why? I mean, I, I it just didn't appeal to me as a show. I, I I think at the time that that show came on, like you have to understand, I made a big transition from like cable network like shows to streaming and scripted, and you know, sort of I sort of started to get out of that comedy, like the whole clapping the audience, like those kind of one-liners. I don't know. I think my I think as I grew up, I, my taste changed. And so, you know, uh, yeah, like, I mean, I think I enjoyed those type of shows when, like, Seinfeld was on, like, Friends and things like that. But I just think I outgrew that. And so, and also combined with, no offense to Charlie Sheen, but he wasn't the most stand-up guy, uh, if you know a little bit about his personal life. So I think... Yeah, that was kind of going downhill. Yeah, he was, he was not doing so well. Yeah. I think at that point in time. And so for me, it just, it was a bit tarnished. So not a fan. Sorry. No, I agree. I agree. It's kind of like, I could see what you're saying. Cause I like can the office. I, I didn't like it. I watched it one or two times. I tried to, but I, I just didn't understand the comedy, you know, in it. But um, anyway, um, Teresa, what do you got your, for number six? Seven? 
My number six. So go sticking with the office theme. Um, and I think I, I mentioned this when I originally said the office, but Ricky Gervais, who's the creator of the British office, um, put out a really great show on Netflix this year. Um, actually, I think this was the second season called Afterlife. Um, and it, it takes a look at a man who had just lost his wife to cancer and the sort of will to live in, you know, at, in every day. Um, and it's really, really heart touching and, and, and warm. And even though he's hilariously sarcastic in everything he does, it, he ties the show with, with the characters in it. And, um, you kind of root for him. Like he's this sort of pathetic guy. And then he kind of, you start to root for him and you kind of want him to see his life through literally um, because he's pretty much suicidal the entire time. So it's an interesting take on like suicide and mental health and depression that, and he does it so well that that is why it's my number six. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. I, that's another show I've never heard of, but I'll have to, I heard uh, of it. I heard I'll have to look it up. So my number six is a show that when I started watching it, I absolutely hated it. And for some reason, again, I revisited it a little ways down the road and it became one of my favorite shows is the Big Bang Theory. Mm -hmm. Anybody out there know Big Bang Theory? I, I know that I didn't watch it. It just didn't. You know, I, I just, I, I, it really appealed, started to appeal to me because of just, you know, all the, um, comic book references and you know everything all the like the nerd stuff that I, i'm into it really you know it, it really kind of grew on me so it was one of the shows that i actually right before we were doing this podcast i was sitting down and, and watching so that's my number six eddie what do you got for number five okay um for number five it's a show on the history channel it's more like a documentary but it's american pickers um Okay. I spent hours watching it. It's a great show. I kind of I like the fact that the guy who is, you know, the main character, the guy there, he kind of reminds me of, of my best friend. So it kind of feels like, you know, me and him, you know what I mean? And nice. I go a lot to flea markets and go used to before this Corona thing. But um, that's my, I would say my number six. What's your, Teresa? Um, my number six is Killing Eve. Have you guys heard of it? Are we on six or five? Oh, five. We're on, five, We're on five. Yeah, five. <laughs> I'm going with what Eddie said. Um, yeah, Killing Eve. Have either of you heard of it? Never uh, heard of it. Uh -uh. It's actually on the BBC. So I hate to say this, but I'm kind of like influenced by British television, um, as you can tell. But Killing Eve. Um, I don't know if you remember a show called Grey's Anatomy, which I'm sure somebody else who was not me would bring up as it being an amazing show. I have a lot of friends that absolutely love it and it's very well known, but the, she was on Grey's Anatomy. Her name is Sandra O. Um, Asian American. Anyway, she went on to do this show called killing Eve and it's on the BBC network and it's about a female assassin. Um, and so she works for the equivalent of like what we have for the, um, the, as the FBI for the UK um, and so she goes after this, uh, this assassin, but she doesn't know she's female at the time. And so you're kind of uncovering all these clues and then they finally meet up and then she goes after, um, Eve. So it's called killing Eve. So it's very, very good. That's an, that's another show I never heard of. I might have to, yeah. to check out that. Is that on Netflix? Um, it is on, Hulu. Or you said that's I think on BBC, right? It's on Hulu actually. 
Yeah. Okay. Okay. Awesome. All right. My number five is uh, Star Trek, the original series. I think Eddie, that was what, that was on your list as well. Yes, wasn't it, it was, it was number nine in my list because, you know, okay, I haven't yeah. really gone back to it in a while, but it would probably you know, be a little higher. I put number nine because, you know, occasionally I'll watch it, but it's not something I'm into as much as I used to be in. You know, Star Trek, it's the original series. When I first started getting into Star Trek, I, I was watching it and then it got me into the movies and, you know, I originally started with Next Generation, you know, growing up with that. And then I watched it off and on, you know, when I spent time over my, my grandmother's house. And I really never got into it, but it was just on TV. You know, I watched it. The original series really got me, you know, to be a Trekkie and into to Star Trek and, and really looking into the movies and the whole, um, you know, mythology be, or mythos of, you know, of, of Star Trek and even the new movies as well. So that's my number five. All right. Number four. What do you got, Eddie? Okay. Uh, four, it just like American pickers, Pawn stars and with Rick Harris in Las Vegas. It's, oh, you know I, what show I've I'm talking Pond about? Stars. The history channel. Yeah. I, I've, I've seen it a few times. I, I don't really get into the, um, uh, what do they call it? Like the reality type TV shows so too much. No, well, that particular one, that's, you know, I've watched it for hours and hours. So, yeah, I like that. That would be my number four. What's yours, Teresa? Um, I didn't know. I, got, I was just thinking I didn't pick reality shows on this list, but I could do a whole list of reality shows. But anyway, um, <laughs> so my number four is Curb Your Enthusiasm. I've oh never seen God, that one either. <laughs> Which is that one, Paul? Okay. Seinfeld creator, Larry David. Hilarious show. Like, pissing your pants. Like, he does the most... He's the most annoyingly insane person. He gets frustrated by everything, by everyone, and he tells them to their face. And it is comedy gold because it is improv. And so a lot of it is just them doing their thing and it's just what's the name again curb your enthusiasm i've been yeah yeah i heard of it not i've been meaning to watch that for years just because you know it is from larry dave and i love seinfeld and i've just never gotten around for some reason to watch it so i'll have to add that to the the list as well joe i'm just gonna Um, send you my send you my list after this (laughs) yeah really because i haven't seen that Uh, what's your number four, Joe? All right, my number four is another um, cartoon that I I just absolutely love. That I, I've loved it from the beginning, and when they took it off the air and and brought it back, it made me the happiest person in the world, which is Family Guy. Okay. I absolutely, I absolutely love Family Guy. I am a, I'm addicted to it. I, I could I'll be proud to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I don't know if you guys watch Family Guy or I've ever I, seen uh, it. I like one of my favorites. It's kind of funny to say, but SpongeBob SquarePants. Oh. Is that an episode <laughs> of Family Guy? Definitely. SpongeBob? Or are you just saying you love SpongeBob? No, that's a... no, no, I, no, no, no. I'm saying I love the cartoon because he said cartoons, and I said uh. Uh, one of my favorite old time cartoons was uh, Courage the Cowardly Dog. That's so hilarious. We I could do a whole list on just cartoons, yeah. but yeah, that's definitely one of my all time favorite. Uh, TV shows and okay. when I was when I was deployed to Kosovo, I had this little um, CD 
or DVD player and I had I brought all my family guys with me and I watched them on repeat just daily. So it has always been with me wherever I've went in this oh. world. So that is That's that'll stay at my something. number at my number four. That's it. What's that? Oh yeah. The uh, so Eddie, what do you got for three? For three, what I have is is gonna make it this is kind of funny. Now I'm gonna say something. Well, first of all, no one told me that I can't, you know, about the list, if it had to be reality shows or not. But I guess uh, Teresa has her uh, Netflix. I got the reality. Mm-hmm. And, you know, <laughs> I like Oak Island. What? The tre- you know, the lost, uh, the Oak Island treasure in the History Channel. I, I've never seen that season. one. Yeah, either. I've never heard of it. Well, o- Oak Island is based on Leonard Nimoy's original 1970s In Search of series. Um, where he told the story of an island of Nova Scotia, Scotia, where um, there was supposedly back uh, the McGillis, I think was the name of the family, 200 something years ago. Uh, they found an, you know, like an embankment where it looked like there had been treasure and they found a pulley in a tree, which was an oak tree, which is not really uh, based on that island. Well, the whole thing is that they started digging and every 10 feet they found some type of planks, like wooden planks. And the, it has been where, um, I believe, Theodore Roosevelt looked for that treasure. Um, John Wayne. It's been the most sought-after historically treasure that's cost seven lives and millions of dollars to try to retrieve. Has anybody ever found treasure up there or anything? No, no. They're, they're right now, they actually dug as far as 250-something feet in the dirt. And they, I mean, they've been going on for eight seasons now. Some millionaires bought the island and they're trying to get down to the, you know, the bottom of the mystery. But I think, Joe, you would like it if you'd look into it. It'd be funny if they, if they actually found like a treasure chest. No, they they haven't found, they just found gold and they found gold. They they opened the treasure chest and there's just an old note on there that says IOU or something. (laughs) Yeah. No, actually what happened was that there was at 90 feet, they found a stone that said uh, below here lies the treasure i forget what is there now saying that there could be connections to the templars uh but you know it, it's it's a great show but anyway that's my number uh three what's yours teresa number... four i think yeah four yeah four four that's right oh are we on four i thought it was three okay no we're we're, we're on three now because uh porn stars was my oh yeah. yeah that's right yeah, yeah three okay confusing us here, Joe. <laughs> uh, um so my number three is another netflix one i'm sorry and pretty relevant to today I guess but um master of none um it is a story about so do you guys are you familiar with Aziz Ansari and also by the way I am a huge like I'm very into comedy and comedians so that's probably where a lot of this is going but they and when they do their own shows I just end up watching them and loving them because I just find them hilarious but master of none is done by Aziz Ansari um he's an Indian or Pakistani American um comedian was he from yes, parks, he's and from rec? parks and rec i love okay. parks and rec i should have put parks and rec on here yeah that's that's definitely on my honorable mentions but th- i've never heard the show what's the show? what is Master the name of it again None. he only did two seasons um and it's kind of like based or loosely around i think his like life and life in new york and living in new york and um you know just and he's like a big foodie so it's centered around him going to like one part of it is him going to italy with his best friend and them just like eating pasta all day and it's just hysterical it's just it's a fun 
easy watch and um it just is very and also very relevant and goes into like you know dating um in new york and just things that are they just seem pretty normal or i guess what were normal up until last year um now but i think it's it's just hard to make a, a show relatable as as he did so that's why my number three awesome that's another one i'll have to add to the list um my number three is I, i'm sure everyone is familiar with this is the original twilight zone yes new year's eve i, I that is like I what's that we oh yeah the, the marathon, marathon. I, I know the originals and i have watched a few of those when i was much younger but yes i do know my that is that is like i said my my one through three are pretty solids and that's I, that is definitely a solid number three for me i i just everything about all, all those shows I, i've seen them so many times and read books on them and just just a great show I, there's you know there's there's so much that you could say you could do a whole podcast or show just on the twilight zone but you know real quick that is definitely my my number I was three say, so. how do you think it moving on lady, black mirror and have you watched black mirror i've never oh, heard okay. of black mirror <laughs> <laughs> is that on, uh, netflix? Yeah, black on netflix but it's very it's very twilight zony i think you'll actually really like it really um, I, I have I might have to check that out then. Yeah, is that a newer show? It's it, it takes it's like it's like okay. episodes just like Twilight Zone have nothing to do with the other. They're all brand they're all in their individual story and they are trippy because it's because there are things that like now you're like, that could really happen. And that's what makes them so scary. I'll have to check that out then. Well, I'll tell you what, you can the one she's talking about, my wife has seen it. I, I kind of saw one one episode, but I think that the Twilight Zone, The Outer Limits, and um, that show you were saying, what is it, Twilight? What is it? Mine? Or his? Black oh, Mirror? Yeah. Black no, no, Mirror. yours, Teresa. Yeah, Black Mirror. Uh, there's also another one that you guys probably never heard of, but it was done by the guy who did the original Frankenstein, Boris Karloff, and it was called The Veil. And it's similar to all the same. It has the same theme. They're all very good shows, including the Twilight Soul remake. There's one where the plane that's about to crash and the guy, which I think the remake was also pretty good. Some of the shows there. But anyway, going on to number two. Now, just like Breaking Bad breaks things, I'm going to break the tradition of the 10 best list here because my number two consists of about seven or eight different uh, ones. And I'll say why. When I have a chance, depending what day of the week, I watch this shows religiously. So I'll put this as number two because it consists of a couple, not just one, okay? Is that okay with you guys that I do that? Yep, absolutely. Okay. For number two, the first one that I would put obviously would be The Honeymooners, okay? Then nice. I would have, from The Honeymooners, I would have The Monsters. Which, like I said, each day of the week, depending what it is, I, I look up and watch a couple, okay? <laughs> then I'll have Bewitch followed by Genie. Because both Bewitch and Genie are hilarious. But Genie is, it's got to be the funniest show ever. That sounds like an old Nick at Night uh, well, yeah. lineup. <laughs> but it, except I do it, but not through old Nick. I do it through, through the YouTube thing. And then there's one that's very British-like that reminds me of Benny Hill and stuff back in the 70s. It was called Faulty Towers, and it was done in the 70s, and they only made with uh, John Gleese. They only made about 12 episodes, but they're super funny. 
And together with that, we had the Twilight Zones, Mr. Ed. Okay. Oh, I love Mr. Ed. The, the talking horse. Yeah. Hilarious. But here's but the two best of for number two that I'm going to put the two of these, which like I said, be uh, Genie is kind of I would say three. Genie, the monsters, and the guns of Will Sonnet and Branded. Both oh, I love Branded. Okay, so you know, I don't know, Teresa, you probably never heard of it. The Guns of Will Sonnet is a little old guy in his 80s, whatever, or 70s, that he's looking for his son. He's like a cowboy. He's a gunslinger. And his he's going with his grandson. And they're looking for Will Sonnet. And um, everywhere he goes, it's like, the, the son is supposed to be the fastest gun of the West, which he's looking for, but he always says, but I'm better. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it, it's got, the whole show is phenomenal. That thing lasted three seasons. You got to watch it in chronological order, though. But that's my number two. Now, go ahead, awesome. Lisa. What's yours? Okay. Um, this would be my number one, if not for the way this last season was done. Um, but my number two is Game of Thrones. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And I know what you're saying about the, the last It would season. be my number one, but it's not because everything was great up until this last season. And I don't want to ruin anything you know, for your viewer. I, I have that. Yeah, I, I have that in my honorable mention. I, I have to, I want to revisit the, the, um, the series again. And it would probably, you know, depend, like I said, depending on the week would be in my top 10, but yeah, you're right. That last season. Uh, it's, oh yeah. man. Yeah. That's, that's about yeah, it. Yeah. That sums it up. I have nothing to say about it other than that. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So my number two is, is I have, man, this, I, I just love this show. Every time it comes on, I, I watch, I make sure I watch it and it's Seinfeld and I, I've, you know, Seinfeld started and it ran from 89 to 98 and you could watch season one of Seinfeld and the jokes and everything, they, they are still funny. You know, a lot of, a lot of these TV shows, they age. And if you weren't really there in the year that they came out or shortly after, you know, some of the jokes, you know, are kind of get kind are kind of old, but there's just something about Seinfeld where they're just still funny and I, I could watch them just nonstop all, all yeah, the time. Because it's so a show about nothing. That is, that I is mean, my... it's literally your every day. And that's kind of like curb. You'll see if you start watching curb, like there's a lot of Seinfeld in curb. I, I, I yeah, I really think I am since Larry David was yeah. a part of it. Now that I know that I, I, I got to was... check that out. So Eddie, what do you have? We're what on, is, uh, what we on number one, aren't we? Yeah, we're. I'm gonna blast number one in a second. But in Seinfeld, what what do you call the guy? Is is it Seinfeld the uh, funny guy? So we're shaking. Kramer. 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 Yeah, Kramer. I Kramer, first heard, yeah. I first saw Kramer in the 1980s film called Young Doctors in Love, where he played um, um some hitman that was going to kill the the uh, Godfather from the mafia. You, if you guys never saw that movie, you should watch it because it's hilarious. And um, that's where I met. I mean, I fell in love with Kramer as a, as a, he's a comedian. He's a hell of a guy. He's funny as hell. But anyway, um, ready for this? I'm going to say one thing. My wife thinks I'm sick on this. My kids think I'm crazy. Yet my oldest daughter could not stop once I got her into the series. It's I called The Blacklist. I, 
I knew you were going to say that too. I mean, he's like, he's going to say the, the black. Oh, okay. So, oh my God. I I, watched so you feel my pain then, <laughs> Teresa, don't you? Well, I've actually watched every season at least three or four times, like religiously. And when the show comes on or it used to come on on Thursday nights, I think it was Friday nights, I would watch it. Yeah, Friday nights. I would watch it Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, all the way until Tuesday. It got me emotional. It got me. I mean, that show, I never liked James Spader that much prior to that show. Once that show came on, Elizabeth King and James Spader, they won my heart. Like both of them, I was like, wow, man, these people are phenomenal. Um, that's my number one. <laughs> no surprise What's there, yours, Teresa? Um, My number one is actually Schitt's Creek. And I don't know if you guys have had a chance to see that show, but it won a bunch of Emmys. I love Shit's Creek. I'm on number. I'm on season oh, four, so don't season put any. Six just got released on Netflix, that. so I just finished it, and it's just an outstanding family comedy show. And I just I can't say enough about it and sing its praises. Yeah, that that is that is mm-hmm. uh, that is funny, man. I I really like. Yeah, yeah. Shit's Creek is good. Well, <laughs> You, you know something, the reason I haven't changed to any other show, even though Breaking Bad and Game, the reason I haven't watched any is because how much time, like I said, you see all the shows I watch, how much time can you consume of your life over a show? And then you got to be, you know, grinding your teeth until the next one comes on, you know? So I think the blacklist is good enough for me. So Joe, what's yours? All right. This is, this is my first, my number one of all time. See if you could guess it. Loving. Yes. Oh my gosh. Really? Ted Bundy. Now, what made yep. that be your number one show? You know what? I, I grew up with, with watching Married with Children. Um, uh, the guy that plays Al Bundy, Ed O'Neill, he's originally from Youngstown, Ohio, where I'm from. And he actually went to school at Ursuline High School with my father. They There was a two-year difference there, but they actually knew each other in high school and i guess maybe that might have kind of you know steered me toward that that show but i i grew up watching that and i just i i don't know i just i absolutely love everything about it it is just there there's nothing to it but just dumb comedy it, it is it's absolutely hilarious yeah, being All, young, no, i was gonna but, say being younger at the time i used to love the girl in it christina Apple, oh um, the wife the daughter Christina Applegate, yeah. Yeah, the daughter. Oh, yeah. She was absolutely funny. You know, she, she played. Pretty. She was a very pretty girl. Yeah, and each one of them had their own like weird personalities. You know, Ed, you know, Al Bundy, he was the um the the shoe salesman who, you know, was always had the bad luck. Peggy, she spent all the money. Bud, he was always chasing the girls. And um Kelly, she was always the airhead and then they always, you know, had feuds with their their neighbors and everything, and and everybody in the town. And it was there was nothing to it. It was just it was just funny, and it was just about this family who just had the worst luck and how they stuck together through the worst luck. And I just I love it. That is my number one, and and always will be. It, it won't move from there. So. <laughs> You, have you know, it's so funny that, that you just said what you said about how each of them have their own like 
personality and their own traits. And it really, and we were just talking about Schitt's Creek. Like I do kind of see a mirror of families, even though they're in the worst of times, sticking it out and being a family together. So maybe that's something to say. Yeah, that's definitely kind of how, how Schitt's Creek is. They have yeah. their own personalities. They're down on their luck and, well, you know, they're usually against somebody in the the city, and but they they stick together no matter what, even through their that. own little What's feuds and everything. Old in a weird way. Absolutely, and, and yeah. I think you know, Family Guy definitely wasn't the first to do it, but I think that at the time, you know, when when Fox was becoming a lot lot bigger, Married with Children really pushed the the envelope for what was accepted on TV. You know, as in. You know, showing um, you know women with with skimpy clothing, showing you know rock bands, um, showing just you know crudeness. There wasn't really that much like that on TV, and they were really pushing it at Fox well, because Fox was kind of newer, and they wanted to compete with all these other, um, with all these other yeah. uh, you know like NBC, CBS, right, yeah, networks. other networks. So they were they wanted to push the envelope, and it, it, it's funny because a lot of their you know, they just had all these just excellent writers, you know, both men and women. And they just, they slam both sides. They slam men, they slam women, they slam religion, politics. There was nobody safe on that, on that show. Yeah, but that, so. That's kind of like three's company. I think it pushed the envelope in its time too. Absolutely. And all right. So, that, show. so we got our top 10 there. So what is some honorable mentions, Eddie, what do you got for some honorable mentions that, well, you know, might make your top ten. You know, you know what? There were shows that uh, that I used to love watching that I didn't put in there because I be you know I don't get to watch them, but I have bought them on DVDs. It's Sanford and Son, uh, Three's Company was one of them. Uh, one of my favorite shows from growing up was also the Six Million Dollar Man with Steve Austin, which of course uh, back in the seventies, what kid didn't want to be an astronaut and be as popular? And date like Farrah Fawcett Majors and, and the other girl from the Fall Guy. Um, I forgot her name. Uh, but anyway, he was lucky enough to have had the two most beautiful women in Hollywood. Oh, yeah, Heather Thomas. So he, he actually dated, married Farrah Fawcett Majors and, and had, you know, Heather Thomas. So the Six Million Dollar Man went to nine seasons. Um, one of my favorite was when they had the Bigfoot episode, and that was when Andre the Giant played Bigfoot there. Um, it was kind of scary as a kid when you know, because it was just like cool, you know. But other than that, you know, we have so many shows, and the more you say, and and you know, you hear about Netflix and what Teresa's saying, I see a lot of those shows kind of being remade in a different yeah. format. It's oh, just a- absolutely. That's what I got to say. Well, Teresa, um, what are your saying? I guess one of the honorable mentions tapes. I didn't mention was Shameless. You guys familiar with Shameless? I've never seen uh, Shameless. I've heard another, of it, but I've never seen it. I heard of it too. And sticking it out and in the south side <laughs> of Chicago. And it's, it's, it's hilarious and it's great. So that was another one of my honorable mentions. Oh, The Affair, which I really like. Um, that's another sh- uh, Showtime one um, about this. Um, guy in Mont, it's based in Montauk, New York, and he goes there for a vacation. Ends up falling in love with someone that's not his wife. And what's the interesting thing about this show is that you watch the one episode from two people's perspectives. So you see 
the guy who's having the affair, cheating on his wife, and then you see the girl that he's cheating with, but you see their perspectives. And in those perspectives, do you, you don't really know what the truth is because you see her wearing something different. And then you see, you know, you see how she sees herself, but you see how he sees herself. So it's all about perspectives. And so I thought it was a really interesting show. So that's another honorable one. Yeah. Awesome. So for, for what I have on my honorable mentions, I'll make it quick because we are uh, running down on time here. As I have, of course, Game of Thrones. And like we discussed, you know, the, mm-hmm. the last season kind of messes it, you know, for that. But I, I want to revisit it. Uh, another one, Eddie, you'll probably enjoy this one, the Andy Griffith show. I, you know, it was funny, but I could be honest with you. I, I, I watch this seldomly growing up. Uh, the guy okay. is funny. The guy who plays uh, the funny guy. What's his name? Barney Fife. What's his name? Are you talking about Barney Fife? Yeah, Barney Fife. You know, he was made the show, but, uh, you know, it could be boring at times. Okay. I, I didn't really could say I liked it that much. And then I also have uh, Parks and Rec- Recreations, which that's another, you know, one I've watched several it's times. And it's, it's hilarious. It's it's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, that could be on my my top 10, you know, depending on the day. And then also The Outer Limits, the original series, which is another um, one that I haven't, you know, I haven't watched it in years, so I need to revisit it again. But it would probably be on my, um, definitely on my top 10, you know, next time. So we got about four minutes left here, three minutes left. So one thing uh, I'm going to say real quick that you guys forgot, the um, Creep Show. (laughs) No, that was a movie, wasn't it? No, no, Creep. Well, yeah, they had it weekly also, though. There was a weekly show as well. Okay, so let's go with final. Unless I'm wrong now. Now you got me thinking. Okay, I, I think it was just a, a movie. I know Shutter recently did Creep Show, uh, TV show. Um, I think they're on their f- just the first season so far. But let's go with some final thoughts real quick. About thirty final seconds, thoughts Teresa. On what do you got? The lists. Oh, I think. Sure. I know you're <laughs> we're putting you on the I spot. Think <laughs> I think you know. I think we had some ones that we felt were we watched that were in common. Um, but I do think it's, I think a lot of what's interesting about this, because since we didn't sp- put it to a specific genre or category or reality or non-reality or scripted or network, whatever, uh, we have such a diverse list, but, um, at the end of the day, I think we, we found some commonalities amongst why we like certain shows and sort of the common thread through them. Even what's, like I said, what's old is new. So that was a relevation. After- Absolutely. And we, we, there's definitely some, some diversity on these lists and we'll have to revisit this topic again and see how these lists, you know, maybe a year from now and, and see how these lists, uh, you know, compare to each other. But Teresa, I want to thank you for being on the podcast. Uh, You're welcome you. back Had a lot of fun. Uh, anytime. Uh, every, awesome. And everybody out there, head over to house of the unusual.com, join the forum, sign up. Uh, you know, meet some like-minded people on there, network with some people, check out the blogs. Also check out House of the Unusual on YouTube. There's some great videos on there. And you could also check us out, House of the Unusual on Instagram. So there's many ways to connect with us and find some like-minded people that enjoy some, you know, some strange stuff sometimes in, in some mail order stuff, comics, movies, and all that good stuff. So we are signing off for this episode. Teresa, again, thank you so much, Eddie. As and always, one thing I'm going to say uh, before really close, Teresa, send us oh, the list because now you have I me will. curious in some of those yeah. shows you mentioned. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Uh, having said that, thank you guys. Thank and you guys. Thanks, Teresa, again, for being on. Good night. You're the best. All right. Good night.